Let's just record something real fast. Just see what it says. Of, yeah. I was going to we'll say, just for the sake of argument, like swap channels and see if it's that channel or that cable. You Ooh. got an extra channel? That, that's yeah. good. I so do have an extra me? channel. You should be number yeah. two right here. So swap to a channel four to see if his channel right see if his channel does the same thing. To be with awesome people. I mean, high five. Right. <laughs> yeah, Very is, nice. Is awesome. Hopefully we were recording that. We, we, got, we got the second part. All right, let's start it over. We'll just okay. cut it right here. F fair enough. Man, I feel like this is a glorious time to be alive in a glorious place with some super awesome people. Some glorious people. Some glorious people. I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> 10 out of 10 agree. So, everybody, here we are, another GD podcast with two fine gentlemen here at it's the... It's another eight. phenomenal GD5 podcast. Fe it is <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> Love it. Phenomenal podcast if with you phenomenal know, you know. People, people at a phenomenal place. Yeah. All right. Um, yes, we are here. We are here with Chad Heckler and Francis Clone, two of the fine gentlemen that host the Miles to Matches podcast. A.K.A. Chances. Chances for Ch the win. Chances. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. we got to give Keeley credit for that one. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So uh, what I normally do is I kind of ask whichever guest I have on, which is few and far between, like the warm-up round. All right? So in and out or Whataburger? Ooh, Who I had both, me? and it's been a long time ago. Uh, in and out. Okay. Chad? Um. I don't eat a lot of cheeseburgers, but I would say In-N-Out. Okay. You don't eat a lot of cheeseburgers? No. That's weird. Okay. Is that Ch awkward? It yeah, is, no. it is a little weird. <laughs> this is going to be a long drive home. <laughs> <laughs> I like chicken wings. That's my favorite food group. Ooh, chicken wings are delicious. Yeah. All right, Chad. Here, next food question. Tacos or burritos? Uh, tacos, and I like the crunchy ones. Crunchy tacos. Yeah. Okay. Hobbies other than shooting there, Francis. Fishing. Fishing. Kind of fishing. Steelhead mainly. But steelhead and salmon. Basically river fishing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little bit of fly, but bobber dogging. For the both of you, the person that got you into long-range shooting. Well, I didn't get to answer my hobbies outside of shooting. He, he varies it I'm up. Splitting it, I'm splitting it up. Okay, good. Well, okay, Chad, what are your hobbies outside of shooting? Um, well, he, he said fishing, which is pretty awesome. Um, I prefer hunting over fishing just barely, and I also uh, like playing guitar and music. Fair enough. Yeah. Because you made the intro music for you guys' podcast, right? Yeah, me and a buddy wrote and recorded that. So it was kind of a joke. It was like, what comes first, the podcast or the the intro song? And the intro song came first. Fair. See? <laughs> it, it works. <laughs> and it's a good one. Yeah. So who's the person that got you into long-range shooting? Uh, th so recently it was a buddy of mine, Jim Heldman. We started shooting 17 HMRs, and then that progressed to 308s, which progressed to 6.5, and then... I just kept going. Fair but, enough. Yeah, my dad, obviously, way back when. But, you know, competitively and real, relatively recently, it was about 2012. I like how so. you looked at your watch. Yeah, I'm like, I'm thinking out loud, how, how many years was it that I have a he's watch a, then? He's yep. a very animated talker. He he needs to use. Yeah, so he's partially so he's partially is, Italian. Yeah, if this was a video podcast, oh, man, we'd have people to be having seizures. Well, then they'd <laughs> notice we weren't wearing <laughs> pants. Yeah. Also true. Yeah. Also true. Invisible Gore-Tex. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chad, who got you into the, um, the long-range shooting? Kind of like Francis said, aside from my dad and my grandpa as a kid, um, and my actually my stepdad got me my first gun, which was a, a break-action um, 
pellet gun, like a 17 cal pellet gun, and I love that, man. Uh, I got a lot of chipmunks and squirrels with that little guy. Um, but as far as long range goes, um, I had a buddy that was in the National Guard, uh, Dan Rillett, and I ran into him at a brewery, and he just was he was watching a video on his phone of a guy shooting an automatic lock just sitting at the bar by himself. I'm like, well, i got to talk to this guy, right? Instead exactly. of the other guy on my left, which that Pokemon Go the game had Ooh, just came yeah. out, and he is, like, sitting at the bar like steering his phone around the room and I'm like okay I don't have anything in common with this guy I'm gonna go sit over and talk to this other guy and I started talking to him he's like you gotta you gotta go with me up to this place called Marksmanship Training Center which is in Lake City that's our home range up up in uh, northern Michigan and from there I met the cadre up there and it was just I was addicted Um, I just needed to know like what I needed to buy they told me and uh, that's how I got started Fair enough. Funny so you're telling me Dan Rylett was not playing Pokemon Go? No, no way. Just checking. No. So, funny story about Pokemon Go. I was playing Pokemon Go. I believe you. While my wife. <laughs> he was exactly. at the bar playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> it was Go. me. It was him. No, it wasn't. So, oh, that's funny. Uh, my first kid's being born, and my wife was in labor for like 36 hours. And oh, in the hospital in L.A., like the heart of L.A., I'm playing Pokemon Go in the hospital room catching Pokemon like and taking screenshots of the Pokemon like on the bed. Yeah. While she's sitting there just <laughs> glaring at me. It's still probably one of my favorite pictures yeah, in the world. There's probably a Is lot there? to catch at the hotel in LA. Yeah. Or not the hotel, the, the hospital. hospital. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. There's there's a lot of weird things happening in LA. Yeah. But yeah, I was playing Pokemon while my first kid was playing born or being born. Okay. So Francis. IG Facebook or TikTok? Almost certainly Instagram. Okay. So what is your your handle on Instagram so all the people can follow you? Francis Cologne PRS. Okay. Chad, who is the person you want to train with? If you could go spend the day shooting, training, learning, or teaching, who would be the person you'd want to do it with? Wow, that's a very interesting question. Uh, like today or back in the day? Anytime. Um, so back in the day, like when I first got started, uh, Vibbert came out to Michigan and he and Swanee put on a class at MTC. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Uh, I'm not going to say that I absorbed a whole lot from it because it was, I was not ready to <laughs> drink from that fire hose yet. Uh, so this was probably 2018, I'm going to say. Um, right before I really started getting serious and, and given, you know, giving it all my attention, uh, I wish I could go back and take that, uh, that class again today. I don't know. I just, I feel like I learned more from myself and my rifle than anything else. So I don't know that I would go. The cool thing about these matches, let me just go sideways here. The cool thing about these matches is we're shooting in squad one tomorrow at the AG cup with all the people that you would want me to answer that question as, you know, like the cool thing is, unfortunately I can't really pick their brain, but we were here for the finale a month ago. And, um, you know, I got to shoot with a lot of the same people and it's just awesome. I mean, anybody that comes out to these matches can potentially get a chance to shoot with any one of us that have a ton of experience and match wins and, and, you know, knowledge to share. And that's why we started the podcast is to share that information. So hopefully we are somebody else's choice for that. But, um, you can you can experience that at any one of these pro matches. I think you've probably been a part of that as well. You know, oh yeah, just watching anybody. you guys. Yeah, just, well, I'm not just us, but like, it and like yeah. you know, be, this is so this is my fourth 
AG Cup. I've been at all of them. Yeah. Like I, I mm-hmm. went to the first one and ran the phone scope, and just watching these guys shoot was just like, holy crap. Yeah, that's right? where I met you was the 2020, which was yeah. our first mm-hmm. one down at Arena. And, yeah, that was a really cool setup. Yeah, it was a fun time. Um, last two questions. Chad, dream hunt. Oh, my gosh. I I have been fortunate to hunt. Uh, my favorite thing to hunt is archery bull elk in the rut. And I've been fortunate enough to hunt that with my dad, which who would you rather hunt with? You know, like there's nobody I'd rather hunt with than my dad. Um, so if I could just keep doing that every year, I would just keep doing that. I've thought about a stag hunt. Um, I don't think you can hunt. There's not a lot of like archery stag hunts, but I'm primarily an archery hunter. I just, I like the up close and personal intimate nature of feeling like you got the best of the animal, you okay. know, if that makes sense. Um, but I, I think I need to go on a mule deer hunt. I think that's on my short list. And then I, I've talked with my buddy Dan, and I think I've talked to Francis about this. Uh, I would like to go on a cheap, like, antelope hunt where I shoot an antelope at 1,000 yards with a rifle that I built and at a close distance with a bow that I made. You know, I just okay. I feel like that would be a cool dynamic. Do you dynamic. make bows too? Not yet, but I make, you know, beer and knives and guns and whatever. You know, like, I, I like making things and guitars. Well, it's wood. Yeah. So I feel like uh, a self bow is is not like that far of a stretch for me to make, and I feel like an intimate kill on a on an animal at short range with something I made and long range with something I made would be super interesting. That would be cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. you should do a primitive weapon and get it get it with a spear. Okay. Have you seen that guy that spears yeah. an elk? No, I don't know. I he have only not. hunts with a spear. That's crazy. Yeah, I've seen a lot the guys that do. Team. I've seen dudes that uh, boar hunt with like the the big spears, but I haven't seen somebody do it with a so an Tim elk. Wells. I, I don't know if that's who it is, but that sounds familiar. Yeah, Tim Wells does a ton of stuff with primitive weapons, blowguns and spears, namely. But he's also the guy who shoots uh, archery open sight. He shoots everything um, sightless. Okay. So he's just a feel just shooter. intuitive, yeah. With compound bows, with Oneidas, like with modern equipment, but with open sights. And he's that's crazy. things like there's some... It's crazy if you're into hunting like and bow shooting. Like, go watch Tim Wells' videos. Like, when he was known for one, pulled a hundred yard shot, no sights on a muley, oh, drills no. it. I mean, drills it. And then like, there's others. He's like duck hunting. He'll partridges and ducks are just cruising by and whop thirty yards mid flight. He just whop smack one, grab another arrow, and in the same gaggle, just take two out of the same. It's it's incredible. I mean, the guy is really gifted as a shot. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, and your final warm-up question is how do you stay mentally focused i know you guys have kind of done a podcast on your <coughs> mental focus and your and staying you know uh the match has already started you know earn it every day the the key slogans there but how what are you going to do for this match to stay mentally focused how about that yeah so i, I learned last year mentally fo- mental focus for me is actually not overthinking it and managing your energy so most of my mental management comes from distracting me or distracting myself from all the things that I'm, I could be overthinking on the clock or b- before the clock starts, where are my targets and going through it too many times. And then, so it's really just music and energy management. Those are my two big keys with staying mentally in it. Okay. I want to keep my energy as low as possible until about a minute to two minutes before I shoot. Then I'm going to ramp it up right before I shoot. I'm at 
a 90% energy level. As soon as the clock ends, my music comes back on, and I'm just bringing the adrenaline back down and getting to an even state so that for the next 20 to 40 minutes, however long I'm waiting, my body is using as little energy as possible. Okay. And do you have, like, a specific playlist? Or I do. do just... Yeah, it's a very specific playlist that it's, I've, I've literally skipped 10,000-plus songs in order to get, narrow it down to about three to 400 that are, and we were just talking about this on the drive up, um, I really didn't know what was putting certain songs into my playlist versus not. And then I was at a party or going for a long weekend with my wife and some friends, and uh, my buddy asked me this question, and I'm like, you know, I don't know, until I looked at the timer, and it's most of the songs that I have in there have the same tempo and a similar key. And they're all right around about a 50 to a 75 or so beats per minute. Okay. So that it's about the same cadence that I walk to or a fast walk, sometimes a slightly slow walk. But it's they're all right around that. So that as I'm getting into the mindset of how I want to shoot the stage, for me, that's actually a very slow pace, relatively speaking, uh, for how I could normally shoot. But, you know, Chad taught me this, you know, hey, shoot slower. You don't need to go fast. You're already fast enough. So... Pulling back to what feels like walking pace for me is about as slow as I feel like I can go, and mm-hmm. the music I have keeps me at that level. Okay. So, fair enough. So, let's do this. Seeing how, like, yes, some people know my podcast, but some don't. So, go ahead and kind of just introduce yourselves now that we got the lightning round out of the way. Just kind of say who you are, what you do, how long you've been shooting, like who you shoot for, all that fun, fun jazz. Do it to it. Um, what was the first part of that? I only who you are, who I am. Yeah, oh, like what's your that, name? This could take a while. You're a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's Chad a good Heckler. dude. He's a tall dude. Yeah. He's Chad a nice Heckler, dude. Um, from Mid Michigan. Uh, lived there my whole life. Uh, grew up on a farm. Uh, mechanical engineer, and the f- the farm lifestyle kind of, uh, and it was agriculture. The farm lifestyle, like, really helped shape me into like an, a problem solver. Like you got to be able to fix anything. Right. Um, as far as shooting goes, I really like, um, process. I, I'm very process driven. That's my, uh, my previous job was as a mechanical engineer, uh, a process engineer working on refining a process and then dictating, uh, and then following that process. And without a process, you can't get better because you're not, you have no standardization. So you have to figure out how to standardize something before you can actually tell whether you improved it or not. Otherwise it's chaos and you can shoot better one day or worse the next day and not understand why. But if you refine uh, your activities into a process, then you can determine by changing a small area of that process, whether or not it gave you an improvement or not. And then you can sustain it or you can leave it behind and try something else. Um, Yeah. So I, I started shooting, long rifle, uh, precision rifle in 2017. Uh, I, my first match was a guardian long range match. Uh, had a blast. Uh, then got into PRS in 18, made the goal of trying to make the finale in 19. And then, you know, we both made the finale in 19 and that's where we forged our friendship. We realized we were going to a lot of ma- the same matches and just mm-hmm. carpooled and started talking. And, uh, we had similar drive and mindset. It's really fascinating to me when you get to the top level of this game, like the people that are in the top, they have a very similar drive. They're all successful outside of shooting. Um, they take shooting very seriously. Um, they're not staying up all night partying. They're, you know, they're, they're coming here to challenge themselves. And that's what I love about this sport is every aspect of it is challenging from 
weapons maintenance to loading ammo um, to you know learning your body mechanics to m managing your mindset um, I'm a very like middle of the road shooter as far as my mindset goes I don't let myself get excited uh, even winning the AG Cup I was just like <laughs> okay this is cool right but mm -hmm. this is what I came to do so how do you get super excited about that <laughs> I'm actually surprised you're not wearing the belt around right now uh I don't know. I would. F I figured that'd be a weird flex. I did bring it. <laughs> um, I can go get it if you want. Um, <laughs> but, but I I don't let myself get too excited while I'm shooting, and I also don't let myself get too angry or frustrated. You know. Okay. You're gonna miss shots. Everybody's gonna miss shots. But you've got to leave that in the past. You've got to learn from it first, and then you've got to leave it in the past so that you can move yourself to the next level, the next stage, the next shot. And I really try to break everything down to individual process elements that can be controlled. Because the outcome is out of your control, but the elements of the process are something that you can control. Yeah, what he just said on leaving it in the past is equally important for both hits and misses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You can't assume you're going to continue to hit. If you are, you're going to start missing things, and you end up on the other side of that spectrum. So it's both ways. Yep. A hit's a hit, and a miss is a miss. Move on. Okay. So you're Chad, mechanical engineer background. Mm-hmm. You had you said you had a job. You mm -hmm. Recently retired. Recently retired from <laughs> from process engineer. What are you yeah. doing now? Yeah, so uh, I started up a, a small business in 2019 uh, when it was difficult for me to get my barrels chambered. Uh, I started chambering my own barrels, and then people found out, and then I started doing it for other people. So um, the more that that became uh, something that was in higher and higher demand, the more that my mind started thinking, well, what if I could do this full time? And, um, you know, I figured it was best for my family if I wanted to stay in this, you know, and dedicate this amount of time to it to be able to do that uh, full time so that I could not have the distractions of the daily grind and, um, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say about having a normal day job. Um, and I made that transition in August and then, uh, you know, started doing my company uh, five by five precision full time. So now I walk to work <laughs> across the yard. <laughs> I, I fire up the machines and uh, turn on the music or the podcast. I listen to your podcast a lot. I listen to Morgan's podcast. Um, Chris's. You know, Chris way a lot. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these things, uh, you know, that's how I get my uh, human interaction, even though it's, it's not, it's not a, a conversation. It's like, you know, I'm hearing people, but it, it keeps my mind engaged in thinking through and I'm, I'm the type of person that like I'm constantly need to be improving if I'm not engaged in improving in something that I just, I don't know. I, I'd say, what's the point? Yeah, okay. He listens to me every about 30 minutes every morning as well. Yeah. He does 45 to eight fifteen, give or take. Yeah. Correct. That's yeah. about Correct. the time now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I actually learned that about you guys last year Yeah, is that you guys call and talk to each other, each other every morning Yep. when you guys, when you were driving to work Yeah. and now maybe, after you before you fire up a machine it's a little different now it's not as an exact time but it's pretty similar you know like he said 745 to whenever we're done talking whenever he gets to work now because yeah. i'm already at work i just put in my headphone or my earbud and we're talking while i'm getting things set up and rolling and spin, warming up the spindles and stuff so yeah okay and and who is this fine gentleman in the fine leupold hat <laughs> sitting next to me here uh, i'm francis cologne i so together we run the, the obviously the podcast called Miles to Matches, and it was a. Uh, I guess I'll go into my history just a little. Started shooting when my dad when I was really young, you know, 
four, five, six, just shooting BB guns, 22s, et cetera, then shotguns, then 30-06s, and hunting. Got out of that when I went to college, and in mid-2008, 2010 time frame, I went to school for golf management, uh, professional golf management, started working for a company called TrackMan, basically teaching people how to make their golf swings better with a radar unit okay. and tracking golf balls. Uh, fast forward, got into shooting about the same time, starting to work more at longer ranges, starting with precision with like 17 HMRs. Just They were the kind of the tack driver of the time, and I had that, so I brought it back out, then moved, progressed to a 308, progressed to, and I had already shot larger calibers. It was just kind of chasing, how can I shoot more precisely? Mm-hmm. And um, moving from you know 17s to 308s to 6.5s and then into now comp uh, shooting, it was a pretty fast progression. Looking back, it feels really fast, but it actually was a long time. It was the better part of now 10 years, uh, and then only since 19 competing. So the progression from that point, from 19 to now, feels like literally a whirlwind, but it, it's been a, a heck of a journey to not only watch how you grow as a person, where your fo- your life changes and your focus changes, then you I've literally started making accommodations and you know, choices about life to be able to shoot more and to be able to shoot at the right times in the right matches with no, you know, family pressure or family stress and still have to balance that. So it's uh, it's been a really interesting roller coaster. Now I work for a company called Applied Ballistics. Yeah, never never of us, heard of it. Uh, <laughs> never some heard people of that. may have heard of. Uh, yeah, it tests a lot of gear there uh, between kind of a mix of a lot of things, but marketing and ammo production um, as well as some testing and experiments and, and a little bit of writing. It's sort of all the above. We're, we all wear a lot of hats, but... Uh, that has worked really well in conjunction with shooting and my background in golf, but also in prior hobbies. It's all very analytical. So I, Chad's an engineer. I'm probably a more creative engineer, if you will. I'll come up with a solution, but Chad's very much process-oriented. I try to look for the what am I missing and f- learn new things as often as possible. And that was something I really liked about the golf industry. It's something I love about the shooting industry. So from there, um, you know, I shoot for Team MDT, uh, Loophold, Bartland Barrels, Trigger Tech, Area 419, I use their Maverick, the uh, Armageddon gear, rear bags, the and then also RCBS um, reloading equipment. Okay. So um, I'm sure I'm forgetting some. I don't have my jersey on. I'm trying to think of all the, the gear. <laughs> but honestly, it's all, Alpha Munitions is another one, Burger Bullets, Vitivori Powders, uh, all of those are so now most of my shooting is around products that I have either loved using and then, you know, they reached out or I reached out and we ended up, you know, working together to help just make it more accessible so we can shoot more. So, and actually we shoot about the same, most almost of the same, the same stuff. Exact yeah. same I didn't equipment. get a chance to go through, yeah. uh, through the stuff that I use. It's very similar. Uh, we're both on team Vitivori. So, mm-hmm. um, we're shooting burger bullets, Vitivori. I'm, Currently using um, Lapua Brass. Um, you know, I, I also shoot Bartland Barrels. I shoot the Lone Peak Actions. Um, currently shooting MPA Chassis, uh, Team Leupold. And one of my I, – I give a lot of credit to, uh, believe it or not, the bipod company that I shoot for. I, feel, I used to feel like I couldn't shoot prone, but then I realized I just didn't find the right bipod until okay. yeah. I, I happened to find AccuTac. And, um, those, those bipods are like a solid foundation to the earth. It is like, it does everything that a bipod should do. Um, and then Armageddon gear products, I use all their stuff. Um, and trigger tech triggers and 
I, I really feel fortunate to be able to support these companies because I feel super passionate about their performance of these products. And I just can't believe that they want to support me. I mean, I, I just feel fortunate that, and the cool thing that we both have uh, and that we both enjoy being, you know, in the engineering mindset is that they ask us for input and then we get to have an input on development of new products. And, you know, we don't always get our way, but like, Ten percent, twenty percent of the things that we talk about might make it into the products, and that's real exciting to me. I mean, I love oh, absolutely. it. I, they listen. You know, yeah. they're here for a reason, and uh, you know, there's representatives here from Loophole and a bunch of other companies that they're here because they want to know what the sh- the best shooters in the world are using and what their demands are, so that they can tailor their products and not die on the vine. They wanna they wanna make things that are uh, gonna be around for a long time and help advance the industry. Yeah, it's I mean, he's hit the nail on the head with that. The shooters that that shoot at the level that we do, um, you know, we're not trying to put you know, big accolades on our shoulders, but it, it's extremely difficult to win in the call it the professional rankings. It's getting harder every PRS. day. It is extremely it is. difficult. <laughs> so we're literally fighting for you know tens of po- fractions of points per stage on average, and that's how I usually assess gear: is how many fractions of a point do I feel this is going to gain over the course of a two-day match. Because if it's something that prevents me from a two-point error over the course of 200 rounds, then that's only less than you know, one-tenth of a point per stage. But it's it, over 200 rounds, it becomes very meaningful. Um, so, or, or, you know, over the course of a given stage, per stage, it's 20 stages. So it's, uh, it's really neat that these companies are willing to listen. And, you know, I've been a part of several different products that have been developed. Another one, I forgot to mention, Impact Precision. Uh, it's the most reliable action I've ever run. Uh, just talking with Tate the other day, and there's a product that he's looking at building. Is it just a result of that same kind of organic yeah. conversation? Hey, there's a need. I don't have this thing. Is that something that you think you could make? We chatted about it. He's like, that's actually a really good idea. So we'll see if it ends up coming to fruition. But um, that is that is really one of the crux of what makes our segment of the shooting sports so unique. You know, right. If you think about how many people shoot shotguns, it would be really hard other than a, a select handful of people to – I can think of going to Benelli and going, hey, I need a better sight, change the angle and radius of this. There's very few people. Well, we, we're that for a lot of these companies. I mean, we're at the pinnacle of precision for a dynamic shooting sport that presses the limit. And then that transfers down a, a segment into the hunting market where, you know, MDT is a good example of this between the ACC chassis line and what we've learned there moving down into the carbon fiber realm with the Hunt 26. The Hunt 26 and... Yeah, now some other new stuff. Then you've got the timber line coming out that's sort of a hybrid okay. old school hunting with a chassis, but it's a upscaled uh, product. Then the original ACC plus some new stuff that obviously we can't... Like the old ear, uh, older ESS. And... ESS, the LSS. Yep. yep. Um, and they, they've all evolved over time because mm-hmm. they recognize there are things that shooters want. I mean, a good example is just the rounded forends. Most rifles yep. up to this point have had a rounded forend, but you've mm-hmm. seen most chassis have moved to an ARCA-based forend mm-hmm. that have a, instead of a round profile, have a more square profile, and it helps track better on a support bag. It also helps to duplicate. You don't have to have any other gear to clip into a tripod. You just right. need an ARCA head. And it's, I mean, if you look back in hindsight. It seems these, so simple, but it's, <laughs> it's like. like right in front of us this whole time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're like, let me machine this one thing and then have to bolt it to the gun. Oh, why don't I just make it? Part into of yeah, the yeah. gun, Integrated. like and and you say that, and you look at MDT with the the ESS, like they had a, it's probably three yeah, quarters of an inch wide, and then it went out to like a V block, mm-hmm. right? And now the ACC is just like a C, like 
C-notch tubing almost. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, way more rigid and yeah. and durable. But yeah, I mean the the innovation that comes out of this sport and and what's cool is there's so much innovation being driven out of say this sport but like on the scale we are very small within the firearms community in general i mean there's precision shooters in just say in the country maybe two thousand yeah, what we do, I would say there's about 10,000 people who do what we do with PRS, not necessarily all competing, but right. people who aspire to do or yeah, do I something would... similar. It's probably around 10,000 between NRL, PRS, PRS 22, mm-hmm. um, 10 to maybe 20. But the cool thing is that the stuff that is that comes out of those 10,000 people's efforts benefits the whole shooting community, yeah, exactly. and they don't even know it yet. That's the yep. cool part. Yeah. It was... Um, and, and you can't discount, and you said you work for Applied Ballistics, I'm and currently an ambassador yes. for applied, applied ballistics, and I'll be as long as they'll have me. Um, but but they are doing stuff with external ballistics and testing that needs to be done, and people don't. E- it's the same thing. They don't. People don't even know they need it yet. Yep. Yeah. And they're doing it so that you know we can hit smaller targets farther away all the time. The targets at this match are going to be tiny. I'm just letting you know right now. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. I've seen the matchbook. They're tiny. <laughs> yeah, they're tiny targets from improvised positions, and they're, you're going to have to shoot them really fast. And we're doing it, um, and not everybody can do it, but if we can do it fast, then we can ch- teach and show and, and develop the equipment to do it slower and do it in a hunting scenario or do it in you know, the military sector to – to be able to hit smaller targets farther away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And faster faster with more precision, more often, under more conditions. Higher ratio, hit percentage is, ratios, yep. Is the holy grail, right? And a good example of this is the Schmedium. Yeah. I mean, that was a, the game changer was a game changer for the industry. Correct. In terms of precision rifle shooting. Everybody it, was using a sock or a, like a sock 100%. with sand in it or a sandbag yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah, the Reezer Precision Game Changer was awesome. Then Tom making that for Reezer, moving from the original fill and the material, I think it was canvas, uh, Cordura, then mm-hmm. moving to the, the fabric, the, yep. to a cotton-based canvas, or using a standard, but you still poly, then moving from that to sand, then moving from that to a heavy, fine sand, then moving from that to some of the other gear that we're testing now, it's, I mean, I don't know, what were you, th- 50, 70%? I mean, in some cases, 100% increase, and I'm saying doubling, or in other words, decutting your wobble zone by... It's unreal. I mean, we can over, have a zero. Over 10, like 10 times. I mean, there were... We can have a zero wobble zone on a... We on just a, did a test, yeah. On, on a metal prop or, or, or rock pile where, you know, without a bipod and a bag previously, you wouldn't, you just wouldn't have that level no. of stability. It's just unreal. Like, and how fast you can get, you know, on target and so stable. last weekend I shot the, the Altus Long Range Challenge finale, and they pulled all of the stages from the last four matches. So they had pretty much, you were shooting all the same stages as an amalgamation as, as a big mixture. And the one that everybody was like, Oh man, the stage is back is it was five positions off of a hay baler, but you got to pick your targets. Cause it's not a PRS match, right? It's just a precision outlaw match. So the large targets were one point and the small targets were two points. Mm-hmm. The small targets were right at one MOA at like 350 and 400 yards. Like they were tiny. It's tiny. And you, I threw my Schmedium on there, heavy fill, 
threw my rifle on there and nothing moved. Mm-hmm. And I went eight out of 10. And the only reason I missed the two is I had bad position with my elbow on my knee. Mm-hmm. And then I went double knee down and hit the other two positions. Yeah. Once, I mean, it's it, like there's no wobbles in. Yeah. yeah the progression somehow. of the gear has really helped our understanding of precision because if you really boil it back, you know, with Remington 700s with woodstocks that can warp and change under con- conditions, you know, 50, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, then moving into the fiberglass with advents with McMillan and Manners and all of the other synthetic chassis, mm-hmm. eliminating some of the POI shifts that happen in different conditions. You have increased precision. They're stiffer. You had better barrel technology. Barrels are more precise. You had better scope technology. Your consistency from different ranges is easier and more consistent to manage on the clock, on the fly. And all in plus, plus, plus. And so now we're at a point where the smallest micro changes that we make with chassis designs and ring designs and optimizing all of these features to give us, to literally find the weakness of the system. And the weakness of the system is now becoming the shooter and the hand loader when there were definitely times where I've owned rifles that it was it was not a me as a weakness yeah. right. as much as it was the the equipment was not capable of putting together the groups I wanted to shoot. Right. Now it's very difficult for a new shooter to have a even a semi custom or a factory rifle that's designed for precision to be the weak link. Yeah, right. and you left out three things. Hopefully I can remember all three of them in that progression of that thirty, forty year span. We've got better bullets than Bullet we've ever had. Is oh yeah. Hundred percent. We've got better brass than we've ever had, and we've got gunsmiths that are obsessing over the perfect chambers. Mm-hmm. Like yep. there, there's just it's the level of precision now, and I, I'm excited to see if it can get even better. I yeah. mean, I'm sure it can. Yep, it's going to stress the human factor yep. for sure. Yep. Oh, oh, my gun's off. No, you're off. No, you're <laughs> you're, you're off. Let me show you. <laughs> like when I know, like that when something doesn't go right, most of the time it's me. Yeah. Every once in a while, something might happen where it's weird, and I end up calling you guys, and you guys walk me through it. But <laughs> It was still you. 90% of the yeah, time, yeah, it's still exactly. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happens to all of us, but that's the learning moment that allows you to progress as a shooter, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And then you can share that with somebody else. Exactly. Like, it, it's it's crazy going, like going from where I was just working, which was a schoolhouse and I was teaching basic military stuff to, to young individuals that were coming into the military or changing jobs or whatever to coming back into an operational flight. And they're like, Hey, you're the, you're the gun guy. You're going to do all this stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. Hey, we just got these brand new, um, Heckler and Coke M1, uh, 10 Alpha 1, 308 gas guns with suppressors and all this fun stuff, but a 1 to 6 optic, and they want us to shoot tiny little submunitions at a safe distance. And I'm like, that ain't going to work, guys. Yeah, welcome to the 90s. Like, We need to move into the yeah. 2000s. I'm like, I'm like this this isn't going to work. What ammo are we using? They're like, oh, you're just going to use... M1 one of the you just, just, you know, belted 7.62. I was like, you're definitely... <laughs> I'm like minute a barn door here, guys, yeah. and they're like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Okay, what's the what, what velocity are we running?" Well, I don't, I don't know. Yes, yeah, so what what's the range? I don't know. What what's your ballistic like data? What's your drop? I don't know. Like, okay, we 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 have to go back to the drawing board and try and convince the Air Force to fix this, but 
what we got to deal with. So yeah, it's, n- now it's my problem. I mean, education and, you know, and external ballistics, but also the proper setup of a rifle. How do what people are being asked on Unfor- the, the unfortunate side of our sport when, when people media or podcasters, um, even us, when we're talking about it, we look out and we we're winning these things. We're having matches. We're shooting targets at 1200, 1300 yards off of barricades and then dyna- dynamically switching back to a 300 yard one MOA target and sma- smacking it. We make it, and unfortunately we make it look a little too easy at times mm-hmm. because the skill gap is so high, but what's missed for the most part, especially when you keep going down the ladder between, um, not just the military, but other civilian, uh, let's call it civilian law enforcement, but mm-hmm. also civilians who are just trying to get good that are new. They don't see the years of progression to get right. to that point. And so they think it's an easy button. I want to buy an app. I want to buy this. I want to buy that. There are some things that can help you do that. There's still mechanical and physical and mental limits that you must go through these phases of learning in order to achieve the outcome that mm-hmm. you want to get to. And that outcome is not its not a sprint. No. Unfortunately, there's too many. It's a big layer cake with way more layers than most people realize. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got to make the mistakes, and you, then you got to be smart enough to learn from yep. those mistakes. Or at least you know, hard a really good enough, coach. You know. to, <laughs> and like, and distills it down. And to part of that thing. learning is, is documenting. Mm-hmm. Like documentation is critical. Like not only like having your data book be like, Hey, this is what, you know, I, w- the level I was performing here on this day, this was my group. This was my, all my speed, the weather X, Y, Z. And I went out two weeks later and I tried it again. That's why I like, like the craft rifle drill mm-hmm. is, you can go out there and you can you don't have to be shooting a thousand yards on two MOA plates. You can shoot paper at a hundred because not everybody has access to a thousand and you can still work on positional. You can still work on, you know, making sure that your fundamentals are sound, but also that's that piece of paper mm-hmm. is documented. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's you, a baseline or it's a midpoint or it's a it's on your timeline as a shooter. Exactly. Can, can I share one, a couple of guilty, uh, well, one guilty point and then one very valid point. Uh, I feel very guilty that I have not done the craft drill. I owe it to Chris and myself w- to do it. do it. I need to do it. We need to do it cold turkey. I want to see what my absolute first craft drill number is. Uh, and then number two is, would you believe me if I told you that I won the AG Cup and placed well in won multiple matches if I don't, if I told you that I don't train past 100 yards? I don't, I just don't do it. Hundred yards of yeah, paper. Neither of us do anymore. Hundred yards paper. Yep. That'll tell you everything you need to know. We shoot enough matches to know how to call wind and how to how mm-hmm. to you know make a good wind call. Um, but that at the end of the day, that's not what wins matches. What wins matches is perfect NPA and a perfect trigger press, and you can learn that at hundred yards. So mm-hmm. I really feel like people like to shoot steel, and I do too. Trust me. Right. I want to shoot steel. It's fun. But um, if you can't shoot at hundred yards, then you can't shoot at distance. Uh, and then I let applied ballistics do the hard work so I don't have to and tell me what I need to hold, yep. you know, and I just do it. And uh, it usually works out okay for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've it's won okay. a bunch of matches, so I think it's working <laughs> out pretty well. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be flippant about uh, about it. I'm just trying to tell people and encourage people to take shooting paper at 100 yards very, very seriously because you can yeah. learn a lot from it. My favorite drill is the one we called we ended up dubbing it the 5 by 5 and it is a is two aim points at 100 yards okay off of a bench so you have a modified prone or off they call it modified prone position if you don't know what that is look it up uh modified prone position off a bench and a bag position off of the same bench okay two shots modified prone two shots off the bag two shots mod prone two shots off the bag one mod prone one bag 
Okay. So you get 10 so you rounds, ten rounds two, two five round groups. Two five round groups. You're alternating your aim points. So you're breaking positions frequently, right? You're okay. getting a six total positions and rebuilds. Um, on top of that, you're able to check your speeds if you have a lab radar. You can set it directly between the two and shoot right past it. So you can do speed, position, NPA, the relative impact point between your positional shooting, group size between the two, all while maintaining a short range that doesn't have, it's not affected by wind and environmentals. So you can quite li quite literally get a handle on whether it's you from a position or it's the gun, whether your speeds are consistent all in 10 rounds. And it mm -hmm. takes, and if you clock it and you put it in a 90 second skill state or a part-time, it, uh, it's, it's yeah. very difficult. It does to get a lot through. of things it, all at once. It's, tw I mean, 10 rounds with six positions. Yeah. And it's, it's very difficult to get off in 90 seconds and precisely. So that's one of my most without important drills. Without sacrificing. Without sacrificing precision. Yeah. yeah. So I use quarter-inch aim points. So aim smaller, shoot faster, learn more, write it all down. I mean, you talk about aim points. I feel like then when yeah. people practice or shoot paper, they don't have a, fi a fine enough aiming point. 100%. Again. I think the craft drill is a good target because it's got a lot of sharp edges. It's a diamond. Mm -hmm. uh, I personally shoot squares, and I aim at the corner of a square. It's a very fine aiming point, and if the aiming point does get shot out, then you've got the whole left side edge or the top edge, depending on where you're aiming, uh, and then you can line up the rest of your, your crosshairs. Yep. Um, but you've got a fine aiming point. I hate to see people shooting at a one-inch black dot. You start shooting the black dot, and then you the don't really... The black dot goes away. Yeah, and it's yeah. hard to bisect that when your your reticle is covered up with the black it's a black reticle on a black yep. surface so i use like chartreuse or uh blaze orange blaze orange is my favorite color um i've noticed <laughs> and i use the corner the bottom left corner and then i always know i mean i'm aiming at a very fine aiming point and i know exactly where my zero is yep and if you really have to use a circle for whatever reason start aiming at the top yeah top, yes. we call the very it snowman top edge. yep snowman figure eight index with a circle on a circle where they just touch do the very top edge the very bottom edge the very left edge and the very right edge yep you'll have a at least you'll know and if you're working on elevation is my zero vertically good which is what we check a lot where's our right. vertical we're doing the top edge hey i want to check my uh, my windage offset i'm shooting a left or a right edge mm -hmm. right and then referencing those right so, so where did the name five by five come from for five by five precision um so it's an old uh military communications uh question um so they don't really use it anymore. Well, you can probably attest to this. Um, it's basically uh, a signal strength and clarity. So okay. how do you read me? I read you five by five, which means it's, right. it's loud and clear. And so from my other, I'm, I was never in the military, but my dad used to say this term all the time because he was a private pilot and we would okay. fly all the time. And, and um, he would say, you know, I hear you, you know, read you five by five. But now I heard that uh, most of the time people use Lima Charlie or yep. loud and clear. So, loud and clear, Lima Charlie yep. most of the time. So I'm I'm probably going to make some some search and stuff that say five by five precision like just underneath it Lima Charlie or on the back Lima Charlie <laughs> just because it's like more current reference point but but I liked it because it means to me it means that uh, I understand the customer's expectation I want you want me to make the most precise you know rifle and barrel and chamber that I can I understand you uh, loud and clear and I'm going to you know perform to those expectations so. I liked it all around, and I like the ambiguity of that people are asking me this question, and I get to explain it to them because it, it like resonates a little more. Oh yeah, so. I mean, I kind of figured like five by five, like I thought that's what it meant, but like you don't know until you ask yeah. kind of situation. So oh. I was like, oh yeah, okay, now it makes sense. Like, and now you put it in the perspective of being, you know, like making sure you're clear with the customer and everything like that. So yeah, that's pretty gnarly. I think it's pretty important. 
because they're they're putting a lot of trust in me to you know make something that oh absolutely so i appreciate that it doesn't go unnoticed and i want them to know that i understand absolutely so one thing that you do with um people that send you their firearms to work on if you're cutting them a barrel you take the end of their uh end of the barrel that you cut off to start Mm -hmm. fresh to do their chamber and you turn that into a coin for them right yeah yeah i've done that quite a few Mm -hmm. okay so you got to ask for it though, because you got to know that it exists and you got to know the significance. But well, but yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily know the significance. And if you don't want to put it on the podcast, we can talk. No, about no, it the afterwards. significance is that is that it has my logo on it, five by five precision, and on the bottom it says hashtag the match has already started, and and that's that's my mindset for performing is uh, the next. So as soon as the last round of this match is over with, the next match has already started. So. It's it's a planning, it's a mindset, it's a, a being ready for what's next. I always want to be doing something right now that can bis- position me to be more ready or more efficient or more prepared for the next phase, the next match. So okay, that's that's my mindset, and the coin represents that. In my opinion, that's why I, I do it because I want people to understand and and be constantly reminded of that. Okay, yep. so in the military we have coins too, yeah. right? challenge coins i'm sure that's where somewhat of Mm -hmm. where you you came up with that for sure so what i've got for you guys is each of you guys no way get my unit coin no kidding (laughs) sweet holy cow this thing is glorious too so i just got to the thank you i just got to my new shop i appreciate and i made sure that i i got a bunch of them so i can give them to guys that have been helping me because I've talked to you guys numerous times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an important unit. Yeah, uh, it is. It's 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 a really cool yeah. bunch of guys that are. It's the probably the coolest shop that I've been in so far, given the mission that we yeah. do and the things that we support and the places where we go and stuff like that. But um, like I've got, I'm wearing their hat right now because each year I kind of stick with one hat to wear. Like last year, it was my Vortex hat. Yeah. That season is over. This is the new it's season new hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys have been helping me out. It hasn't gone unnoticed, and I appreciate you guys. Man, I, I appreciate you. Yeah. This is uh, this is something special. This is a serious piece of coin, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this will be in my pocket all weekend. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Awesome. This is super cool. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, Absolutely. Dude, thank yeah. you for having us on the podcast. Absolutely. I know we got to go to a shooter's brief here. You guys got to go to a shooter's so. brief here in a couple minutes. I'm going to pack this up. We're going to eat some food. You guys are going to mellow out, chill out, and then you guys are going to be gearing up and ready for yeah. the weekend. Oh, I'm you chill. know how we go. I'm chilling oh. every day because the match has already started. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Cheers, guys. Buddy. Cheers. <laughs> thank you.